Commission Leadership is advancing the work of Christ by giving pastors and church leaders the clarity they need to flourish in life and ministry. With over a decade of ministry experience in the local church, leadership coach Weston Bryant understands the joys, passion, heartache, and exhaustion that comes with helping others follow Jesus. Wes is passionate about helping leaders embrace the reality that God really will do abundantly more than they would ask or think. Tune in each week to discover how to live courageously, build strong teams, and multiply your ministry impact. Now, here's your host, Weston Bryant. Hey there, welcome to the Commission Leadership Podcast. My name is Wes Bryant, and today is going to be a bit of a mini episode of sorts for a lot of reasons, one of which is I know that when this episode airs, it will be the day before Thanksgiving, and so I figure that you probably have a lot on your plate trying to wrap things up with work, getting ready you know, for time with your family and friends, and just all the activities that come with this four-day weekend. So you're probably going to have less time and space to listen to a podcast, but on my end of things, we just have a lot going on in the Bryant household. We are getting ready for baby number two due in January. And so eight weeks is a little bit of time, you know, but it's not a lot of time. And so we're finding that our to-do list is growing uh, as we eagerly await the arrival of our son. And in addition to that, with the work I'm doing for commission leadership, I am just hearing more and more people talk about the challenge of finding volunteers. This is nothing new. It was a challenge when I was working in sports ministry. And as long as we continue to offer programs and services to meet the needs of our communities, we will need to continue relying on volunteers. And so something I've been working on that I'm really excited about is a new video course. I don't really have a name for it yet, but the basic idea is, you know, how do you find and inspire great volunteers? You know, and and really how do you transition from this place of we just need people to help to we have a culture of volunteerism. And the reason I decided to work on this is because just in interacting with lots of different pastors as they've talked about the challenges of finding volunteers, I thought back to the work I did and just kind of had this aha moment of, you know, every three months I was responsible for recruiting, you know, between 40 and 60 volunteers for our upcoming youth sports season. Like that was just the rhythm of my ministry. You know, every season we'd have a new sport and I'd have to find, you know, the volunteers to meet that need. And so that required two things. One, I had to get really good at recruiting people to help. And number two, I had to provide a volunteer experience that made them want to come back. Because if they had a great experience in their first year of coaching, they were more likely to volunteer again the next year which meant that was one less person I had to recruit again. And so I just kind of racked my brain and thought through, you know, what was the the process I went through for not just finding people to plug into slots, but to really find great volunteers who loved what they were doing and truly made an impact 
in our church and in our community. And so that's been taking up a lot of my time. Like I said, it's a five-part series. Uh, There's a lot of time that goes into just writing that and putting the videos together. And I am really excited to launch that. It'll be sometime in early 2022. So keep your ears open for when that launches. But for today, I thought we would talk about the importance of your mindset when it comes to finding more volunteers for your ministry. And here's where this comes from. I was recently at the Reach Gathering. For those of you who are not familiar with this, it is an amazing conference for sports pastors. It takes place once a year, and there are about 150 different sports pastors from around the country. And so when I was in sports ministry, you know, I loved going there for great ideas. I I made these amazing relationships with with like-minded sports pastors. And now I enjoy going back just to see old friends and to speak in the lives of new friends and really just give back because I remember learning so much um, from the people who had gone before me. And while I was at this conference, I was in a particular workshop and we were talking about just the different challenges we were all facing in ministry. And I remember this one young pastor, he's probably 24, maybe 25 years old, He's kind of hunched over in his chair and you could just feel the weight that he was carrying. And he said, you know, the pandemic has been stressful on so many levels. And he said, you know, we've we've made it through like the really scary and, and confusing parts. And, you know, was our church going to be closed or open? And, and we're finally opening up and, and starting to navigate this new territory, he said, And he took a deep sigh, like just, but nobody wants to volunteer anymore. And I felt for him because I remember it was hard enough finding good volunteers before the pandemic. What must it be like now? And and this is just kind of a, a theme I'm hearing from more and more pastors. It is getting harder and harder to find good people who want to volunteer. And so I want to share the story of when Jesus fed the 5,000. I'm sure for a lot of you listening, you're probably familiar with this story. But just to give a quick overview, Jesus is healing people and performing these miracles. And he draws a very large crowd of 5,000 people. Some estimates say more. Um, depending on whether or not you're counting women and children in that number. But the Bible records 5,000, and they find themselves in this dilemma where they're out in the wilderness, and there's nothing to eat. And the nearest town is too far away for people to walk without passing out. And so Jesus, long story short, says to his disciples, what do you have? And they're able to come up with five loaves of bread and two fish. He miraculously feeds the crowd, which, as you can guess, only causes them to want to follow him more. And so the crowd follows him to the next town. And he enters in this long dialogue with them. And he starts talking about bread. And at one point he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 
and people start grumbling. There's a lot of confusion about what he's talking about. Is you know, is he talking about real bread or is he talking about himself? And why does he keep saying he's coming from the father? Because we know his dad's Joseph and his mom is Mary. So people are confused. They're grumbling. And then Jesus starts getting really radical in his teaching. And he's talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood and how no one can come to him unless the Father enables them to. And so people get upset. And even some of Jesus' closest followers start to doubt. And they say, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? And basically, the entire crowd walks away. And Jesus is left standing there with the 12 disciples. And he looks at them and he says, you do not want to leave too, do you? How do you think Jesus felt in that moment? Sometimes, because I know that Jesus is fully God, I can forget that he's also fully human with real emotions. And I don't know about you, but if I performed this miracle and made people fat and happy and they're following me, they're listening to my teaching, I would be pretty excited. And I'd also probably feel pretty disappointed when they chose to walk away. And then Simon Peter answers Jesus as was often the case among the disciples. And he says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. And then Jesus replied, I just picture him smiling here, just so, just beaming with pride over Peter. He says, have I not chosen you, the twelve? There are a lot of lessons we can take from this story. But the one I want to emphasize here is that I think Jesus had the right perspective. He didn't lament the thousands of people that walked away from him that day. I believe we see in Jesus tremendous gratitude for the 12 who stayed So what does this have to do with volunteers? I believe that if you want to find great volunteers for your ministry, you have to start by being grateful for who you have. There's a saying in churches that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And while that is frustrating and heartbreaking, I think too often we focus on the 80% that aren't working instead of the 20% who are. Like I said, at the airing of this episode, it's the day before Thanksgiving, and your church is heading into the Christmas season. And so I know for a lot of pastors that in this season, you're going to be taking a lot of time, you know, preparing for Christmas Eve services and the different activities of this season. But I also know that a lot of your regular programming is going to kind of scale back a little bit. And so this is a perfect time to just acknowledge the volunteers in your ministry. So I want to challenge you to think back on this last year. 
and the people who've put their boots on the ground? What is something you can do to show gratitude towards them? I was talking with a group of pastors. Uh, Actually, they're helping me build this video series that's going to be coming out soon. And, you know, it was so encouraging to hear the different ideas that they were implementing, you know, in their ministry. One person is using social media just to highlight different volunteers and to give them a public shout out and to specifically and intentionally lift up the things that they had done and the impact it was making. Another pastor in the group talked about how a particular volunteer he was thinking of was a mechanic and loves donuts. And so he chose a day and and went to this mechanic's auto shop and didn't just bring a donut for him, but brought a box of donuts for the entire crew over there. And just, man, what a, what a powerful moment that had to be. I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast are not vocational pastors, but you might be a small group leader or you may have another place of leadership where you rely on the help of others. And so the challenge is extended to you to think creatively You know, who are the people in my small group or in the circle of influence I have who've really stepped up in these hard times? Uh, They've made my life easier. They've made the lives of others easier. And they've, they've really bought into the culture that we have here. Take a moment to express gratitude and make that a regular practice and rhythm of your ministry And watch God build a people who are grateful that they get to serve in an amazing ministry. I want to wrap up this episode by saying thank you to all of you who are listening because starting this business and starting a podcast is a lot like building a plane while it flies, which very much goes against my preferences and really how I like to work. But I will tell you that doing this podcast has really met my need for growth and creativity and purposeful work. And so thank you, my friends. I hope this continues to be a source of encouragement for you as you serve Jesus. Mission Leadership exists to reverse the trend of ministry burnout by giving leaders the clarity they need to flourish in life and ministry. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast for more episodes on how to level up your leadership and make more disciples.